You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome to A Step Further. This is a weekly podcast from Kingsway Christian Church. My name is Matt Nickerson, and I'm here to help you go a step further. So the goal of this podcast, if this is your first time tuning in, is to take what we talked about on Sunday a little deeper, a little more applicable, something else we didn't get really too time to dig into. And so Sunday, we started a new series called Pause. The whole concept of pause came to me as I was actually running on a treadmill, not pausing, and I was listening to a book by a guy named John Eldridge. It's his new book that just came out, and he actually has this principle called the one-minute pause. And uh, the whole concept of the one-minute pause is just before you go into a meeting, before you get out of your car to go inside, before you start your day, before every project, before every major thing, just take one minute, kind of look at a Bible passage, really just dig into it, chew on it, and digest it. That's how I started running on this treadmill, not pausing well, and thinking, what are the things that God wants me to pause before the quarantine ends and we go back to regular life? I realize, depending on where you are when you're listening to this today, that maybe the quarantine didn't really pause your regular life. For some people I know, the the quarantine actually made life more busy and more stressful, whether that's e-learning and homeschooling and all that other stuff, or whether that was actually their job got busier. But regardless, this whole worldwide pause just occurred through this virus called the COVID-19, and uh, it's allowed us an opportunity to just pause for a minute and reflect on life and say, God, am I doing the things in life that are most meaningful, most helpful, most beneficial to you, to myself, to my family? And if not, God, how do I get rid of the things that are distractions? And how do I start things that are going to help me become more like Jesus Christ? So what I am encouraging you to do is throughout this series, uh, we're going to have just some messages that are going to push you towards something specifically. And this past week, I read from Psalm 139, where we looked at David, who wrote this beautiful psalm, and he's reflecting on the glory of God in his own relationship. He's looking at how God knows him, and if he makes it, goes up to the heights, God's there. And if he makes his bed in the depths, God's there. And if he tries to hide in the darkness, the darkness is light to him. God's there. And no matter what happens in David's life, God is there, and he's intimately aware. And the point that I want to make today, and we're going to look at some of this in Psalm 139, the point I want to make to you today is uh, that you are precious and you are adored. And God is intimately aware of all the details of your life. And the reason that's important is because throughout the series, as you sit down to spend time with God and reflect with God and to think about uh, life in general, what you're going to stop, what you're going to start, what tends to happen to us is we tend to come into this place from a place of guilt or a place of shame. And we tend to think of God as some angry dad who wants to tell us all the things we aren't doing and you need to spend more time with me and you need to spend more time with your family. And by the way, you need to exercise and you need to eat healthier and you need to, you need to, and you need to. And uh, somebody once looked at me and said, Matt, you've got to stop letting others shut all over you. And I'm going to say that again slower so that you heard me correctly. You've got to stop letting others should all over you. It sounds exactly like it's supposed to sound. There's a reason to that because I think we do that sometimes with God and it's not coming from God. It's coming from us. What shoulds in your life are driving you today? You know, you should do this. You know, you should do that. You know, you should this. Think about it for a minute. Because those things, when they drive you, they'll start to define you. And what you'll find is you'll be running yourself into the ground trying to please everybody. Except perhaps your Heavenly Father. So how do we undo that? Well, we took a look at this in our last series, our identity, our identity and who we are in Jesus Christ because of Jesus Christ. And I love that before Jesus even pops up on the scene as a 
clear biblical character, we, uh, we see King David in the Old Testament, and he clearly has this concept of his identity in God. In fact, I'm going to read to you from Psalm 139. It says in Psalm 139, verse 13, David is writing this prayer. He says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Let's just talk for a second before I read it a little bit more. So here we have David coming into the quiet place. And instead of all the shoulds of the world, he's a king. Do you think he had a long list of things to do? Do you think he had some major responsibilities? Do you think he had some people counting on him? Do you think he felt like there were ever enough hours in the day to get everything done? Of course not. But yet he found time to come into the secret place with God. And when he did, instead of this list of shoulds, this list of you need tos, what he did was he started with an identity in God. You knit me together. And I am, I praise you. I'm fearfully, I'm wonderfully made. This, those two words really just bring the concept of awe. I'm in awe, God, of just how beautiful you are and how amazing you are and that you have crafted and fashioned my life. He's celebrating God's goodness in creating David. Notice what he's not doing. And, and, and God, I'm overweight. And God, I'm um, I'm failing my children and God, I, you know, there's a thing with Bathsheba and God, I'm, uh, you know, this kingdom has got its problems and God, these Philistines, he's just celebrating God. I'm unique and you made me unique and I'm special because you made me unique. And he goes on, verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. In other words, God, even when I was being formed, you knew me. You, you were fashioning me. You were creating me. And God, you don't create mistakes. You don't make accidents. Verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This is a whole theological discussion I don't want to get into today. What I want to do is take you where I think David is going. Where David is going is I think David is looking at his life. He's looking at the circumstances of his life, the problems and the challenges that the world needs David for. And David is just pontificating and celebrating the fact that God has perfectly fashioned David for David's unique challenges. And guess what? God has done the same for you. Have you ever noticed that your challenges in life seem to fit you perfectly? They are perfectly uh, created to grow you, to challenge you, to push you, to help you become more dependent on God and more uh, visible in the ways that God has moved and blessed and he's gifted you specifically. And by the way, as I talked about on Sunday, that includes your limitations, your limitations. So even the limitations in your life are a gift from God to keep you focused on the things that God has created you for. And David is celebrating that. God, you've always known me. There's nowhere I can go to get away from you. And yet all of my life is like just unfolding in this beautiful way because you are unfolding it. And he's celebrating that God is with him. All right, we're almost done here, but look at verse 17. He says, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Verse 18, were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Listen, as you pause throughout this next series, and as you dig into the presence of your Heavenly Father, I want you to start not with a list of shoulds, 
All right, that's not the point of this. I want you to start in that quiet place celebrating the uniqueness of you and that God has fashioned you in your life for the unique challenges that you're facing. He has never left you. He has never forsaken you, and he will not start now. Today, why don't you just pull out a piece of paper and write down a few things of that you are so thankful that God has made you for. God, thank you for making me persistent. Some people might call it stubborn, but God, thank you for that persistence. God, thank you for making me patient. Some people say that I'm willing to get walked all over, but God, thank you for my patience. God, thank you for making me strong. God, thank you for making me a person who doesn't need a lot of sleep. God, thank you for making me just keep going and just thank God that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. See you next week.